Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Okay, so here's the deal tonight, boys and girls. Um, We are doing something a little bit different. So I need you guys to make sure and focus with your eyes, right? And your mouths, that means it's not talking. And then also with your ears, make sure you're listening, okay? So I want you guys to stay in your small groups, right? Right where you are, and listen really close. So I have some friends. You guys come on up. Um, tonight we are, we are going to be doing a, what I call a truth panel, Okay. In a panel is where we talk about some different questions, and I have several people that answer them. And um, we're going to be talking about <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about what it means to worship in truth. So the past couple weeks we've been talking about worship, right? We've been talking about what it means and how what we worship is what we attribute attribute value and worth to, right? And we talked about how we worship the one true God. We worship Jesus because of what He did through His sacrifice. Well, for the next couple weeks, we're going to be going through these different aspects of what worship looks like. And the very first one we're going to talk about is truth. Okay? Jesus Christ is the truth of the gospel. Jesus Christ is the truth that we find our hope in. And it is very important that you guys know all about that. So tonight, we're going to answer some really big questions. Some questions that you guys may hear from other people at school, okay? Some questions that you guys have asked. Last, last, last semester, you guys asked a bunch of really tough questions, and I made sure and kept them so that, we could, uh, so that we could answer them on nights like this. And so I brought some friends of mine um, who are going to help us answer those so that you guys can be ready when someone at your school or at your home or here at church asks you about these really tough questions. Does that make sense? Shake your head yes. Okay, so this is my wife, Rachel, and uh, she's awesome. She is going to uh, be answering some questions for us. This is Kelly. You guys know her as well, Pirate Kelly. And then last but not least, this is uh, my friend, Justin. Say hi, Justin. Hey. Um, He is a really good buddy of mine. I've known him since we were like your guys' age, maybe a little bit before that, Um, third or fourth grade. We've known each other for a very, very long time. And I'm super glad that he got to come here tonight and uh, talk to you guys. So, um, so we'll, let's go ahead and get started. Um, go ahead and put the first question up on, up on the screen for, uh, for the kids. Um, this question is actually for Kelly. And uh, we'll start, w- start with her, and then you guys can join in if you guys have any other things to say. Um, so let me set a scenario for you guys. So you guys are at school, right? And you are telling someone about how much God loves, loves someone else. Like, say your friend comes up to you, and you're telling them, God loves you. And your friend turns to you and says something like this. Why does a loving God make bad things happen? If your God loves you so much, why does he make bad things happen? So, Kelly, if you were these fifth and sixth grade students, what, what would you say to that friend that um, came up and asked that question? You know what? Thank you. That's a great question. And I know a lot of you all may have had people ask you that, or you may be wondering that yourself. And the first thing I want you to know 
is that it's definitely okay if a friend asks you a question and you don't know the answer. Um, you can always say, you know what, I'm not sure, but I'm going to ask my small group leader, or I'll go ask Sam, or I'll read my Bible and find it out. So first things first, know that you can always do that. But for this question, it's really tricky. And so I want you all to listen really carefully. So why does a loving God make bad things happen? And if someone asks you that, you could say this. God does not make bad things happen. Bad things happen because our world has sin in it. Our world is not perfect. All of us, we all make mistakes and we sin. And so that is a reason why bad things happen in our world. But God is awesome in that he helps to make the bad things right again. And I know that, I think we're going to talk a little bit later about um, why Jesus died on the cross, and that's a really good example, but I'll save that for later. But it's okay if I share a quick story? Yep. Great. Awesome. Um, so, when I was your age, I was in sixth grade, my parents got a divorce, and that was really bad for me. That was really hard. Um, and it was not God's fault at all. He did not make that bad thing happen. Um, but God uses bad things that happen in the world to turn them for good. And what God, how God turned that for good was that he put people and friends in my life that knew Jesus and told me about how much God loved me that um, I gave my life to Christ and I was baptized and I've loved God ever since. Before then, I didn't even know who God was. I didn't go to church. And without the bad situation that made me so sad, I maybe wouldn't have known God then. So God turned something that was really hard into good. Yeah, um, exactly. For you guys, when you're talking to someone, just like Kelly just used her story to teach you guys something, use your story to teach someone else something. God is doing stuff through you guys, okay? He is in inside of you living and helping you become closer to him, okay? And so use your story to do that, just like Kelly used hers to, to explain what it means um, that bad things happen, but God makes them, God makes them right again. God's redeeming himself. Would, would Justin and Rachel, you guys have anything to add to that? Are we going to ask that question about why doesn't God make it easier on us later? Yes. Okay, then I have we'll nothing wait. to add right now. Okay, perfect. Okay, um, let's go ahead and go to the next question then. Um, this one's for Rachel. Um, how do I know what God's will is for me? And let me, let me um, give you a little scenario of how this question might come up. Okay, so say you've been talking to a friend for a while about coming to church, or, or maybe you've been talking um, to a friend about God for a while, and they're kind of interested or curious, or maybe you've been talking to your little brother or little sister about who God is, and, and they're just really confused. You know, your friend may say, I, I want to be a Christian, or I want to I do the right thing, but I just don't know what to do. So, so what is God's will for my life? What do I do to become a Christian? Or what do I do once I become a Christian? So that's how that question could come up. So, Rachel, how do I know what God's will is for me? Um, I don't know about you guys, but I like simplifying things. I like simple answers. So the first thing is everyone put up one finger and say the word love. Okay? Love. Okay? Love. Now, love kind of has two parts. So put two fingers up. Two things. First, love God. 
So love first say, love God. Love God. And explain to your friends. Some of them may be like, well, what does it mean to love God? And just like Sam said, tell them the truth. Say, Jesus is God's son, and I believe that, and I want to live my life for him. Because of his love for what he did for me, I choose to love God back. Okay? So that's the first thing is to love God. The second thing is to love others. Yes. Love others. Now, explain to your friends. Because some of your friends may be like, well, what does that mean to love others? And tell your friends, because of the love that I have for God and because of God's love for me, I'm going to love people, even the people who are hard to love. And this isn't like a mushy love, romantic love. No, it's doing nice things for people, being kind, going above and beyond. We've talked a lot about that in Sunday school and core class here at church, right? It's really paying attention, being a good friend, being a good listener. Does that make sense? So love God and love people. But some of your friends may come up and say, well, you know what, I feel like I love God, and I think I do a pretty good job of loving people, but what about for me specifically? What, what is my, my purpose? And when it comes to the will, that's kind of the same thing as, what's my purpose? And you know what, last week, I'll share a story, we were talking about just our gifts and things, and a girl said, she said, I can, I can cook, I can bake for Jesus, and I loved that, because here's the thing, she loves to bake and you know what? Some of you guys, you love, there's so many different things that you guys love to do. And God places us in all kinds of places, um, at school or in our homes or on teams or, you know, at home we can, we can cook. We might baking. And you know what? How can you use that for Jesus? I'll tell you how. You bake some cookies and you take it to a friend who is sick or hasn't been at school in a while and you just feel like they needed encouragement. And you're doing that because you want, again, because you love God. And you're going to show them love through your gift and your love for baking. So simply, it's just a matter of love. And what are the two things to that? Love, love God. God and love. So you can just do remember those two things, and I think that will really help. Chris, have anything to add to that? That's pretty good. Something that's helped me in my life, and you may have talked about this last week, but I wasn't here, so shame on me. Um, when I'm trying to think about what God's will is for my life, more specifically past loving God and loving others, which is for all people who follow Jesus, is this. It's the idea that find out what you're good at, what you like, kind of what Rachel was saying, and then match it up with the needs of the people around you or the needs of the world. So some of you are saying, well, I don't know, I'm not really good at anything except, well, maybe sports or something. Okay, so how are you going to use being on a sports team to love God and love others? Most people on a sports team maybe aren't thinking that way. They're just thinking, okay, what do I need to do to be the best player? And sometimes that means not being nice to the people around you. Or maybe your thing is math. Uh, how can you use math to be in the will of God? Well, someday as you keep getting better and better at math, you might be able to go to college and study math and the people around you, the relationships that you build, um, you're going to get to show the love of Jesus to them. So, so find what you're good at, what you like, and match it up with the needs of the people around you in the world, and that can help guide the next few years of your life, hopefully. Good. Um, let's go to the next question. Um, the next question is a very... Um, very important question for you guys as Christians, as, as young Christ followers, because um, our faith, our Christianity, what we believe hinges 
on this, on this important topic, okay? The fact that Jesus died for us and rose again. That's, if that's not true, then we're in trouble, okay? If that's not true, then us gathering here, we're in trouble, okay? So this is a very important question and a very important for us to know the answer to. And guess what? We don't have to, like, just because we're talking about it today doesn't mean we're going to stop talking about it after we answer it today. Because we need to talk about this as often as we can. Does that make sense? So here's the deal. Let me, let me paint a picture for you. Um, so you're talking to a friend of school, and um, you tell them that Jesus died for them, and that Jesus loves them. And, and they're like, whoa, Jesus, this guy named Jesus that you're talking about, died for me. It's weird, okay? It's weird that someone had to die to save, to save me from my sins. You know, what are sins? And what are, the, you know, there are all these big questions that they might have. And so you're telling a buddy, um, a friend, about Jesus, and they ask you this question. They ask you this question right here. Why did Jesus have to die to save you from your sins? Why did Jesus have to die? Justin? All right, who's heard the verse that, um, for the wages of sin is death. Anyone heard that verse from Romans, been in church long enough? Okay, some of you. So there is a verse in Romans that the wages of sin, what we deserve because of sin, is death. And if you don't know already, back a long, long time ago, the first two people that God created were Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve lived in a good, good place. God made everything and he called it good, and they lived there. And he put before them choices, choices um, that they had to make on a daily basis. And one of those was whether or not they would obey him in those choices. And so when they directly disobeyed him and they ate what? Do you know what, what they ate in the garden that they weren't supposed to? The apple, the forbidden fruit. And uh, in that, they sinned. They, they, they disobeyed God. And the way I like to illustrate this is... Um, what would happen if we unplugged the lights on the stage? What would happen? They'd all go out. What about that lamp? What would happen to that lamp if, if we unplugged it? No light. So what happens in sin is that God is actually holy. It means he's set apart. He's unique. He's completely different than, than, than what we know and understand. And when we sin, it's like we are unplugging a light from the source. God is the source of life. He created life. He sustains life. He's the only one that can destroy both body and soul. And so when we sin, when Adam and Eve sin, and when we continue to sin, we are unplugging the light from the source. And there's nothing that actually we can do to plug it back in. We can't be good enough. We can't be smart enough. We can't be good enough athletes. Uh, there's really nothing that we can do to plug that back in. And so it took Jesus coming back to die on the cross to make that happen. And who likes uh, Batman in here? Anyone like Batman? Superman? Uh, what's the guy from Lego Movie? What's his name? Emmett. Anyone? Okay. So you guys, you've seen movies with heroes, right? All right. Back in. Shh. Come on. All right. So you like movies with heroes. I love movies with heroes. What's so great about movies with heroes is that you have somebody that's willing to lay their life down for others, right? And so what happened with Jesus is that he actually, as God, came down to the earth, lived a perfect life, and instead of 
getting what he maybe deserved, he took on what we deserved. And what did we say in the beginning? What do we deserve because of sin? Death. We deserve death because of sin, because we've unplugged ourselves from the source of life, which is God. And so when we do that, uh, we needed something to plug us back in, to give us life again, to give us the source of power. And that was Jesus dying on the cross. He laid himself out for the death that we deserved. He took on our sin and removed him. And that's kind of in a nutshell, just those illustrations uh, can help you understand of why Jesus had to die for our sins. You guys add anything to that? Yeah, guys, Jesus died on the cross to save us, okay? He died on the cross to bring us back to him. Jesus died to redeem us, to bring us back to him. Because of what we did, we needed that perfect sacrifice of what, that, that's who Jesus was, okay? So don't forget that. It's a big, a big important question that we'll be talking about probably forever, okay? That we'll be always bringing up. The fact that Jesus died and rose again, we'll be talking about um, hopefully for the rest of your life, okay? Um, next question, though. Um, your God says to love everyone. What about, you know, bad people or those who have hurt me? Do I need to love them too? Um, so yeah, so you're talking about love, right? And, you know, Rachel talked about loving, loving God and loving others. Well, what about, you know, the people that are hard to love? Or what about the people um, that do bad things? Do we have to love them? Is it important to love them? So was it, was that what you were just going? Um, I heard some of you saying, yes, well, you're right. And I think that you have, um, if you've been able to come to this church or another one near their family or been in small groups, you probably have heard that um, God's biggest job for us is to love his people, and he made everybody. Um, so if a friend asks you, do I have to love the bad people or people who hurt people, the answer is yes. You have to love everyone. Even if it's hard, you have to love your mean neighbor. You have to love your favorite teacher. You have to love your brothers and sisters, strangers, people that, you know, you just run into at the store, everyone. And uh, Rachel kind of talked about this a second ago. It's not like love, no, X's and O's, love that you're showing them, but it's um, showing them why God sent Jesus, his son, to die for them. And so that can be you're doing nice things for them. That can be that you're being respectful and listening. That can be all kinds of things. And I know that um, you guys have great ideas, and we've already talked a lot about ways that we can show love to other people. But the Bible has lots and lots of verses that talk about loving your neighbor. And um, you may know that that's one of God's biggest commandments, is to love him and love our neighbors. So um, we have to love everyone, even if it's hard. Um, yeah, just to just to go on top of, of that, um, when bad when people do bad things, there are consequences for further actions. Okay, and so sometimes those consequences get in the way of relationships. Sometimes, so sometimes if someone hurts you or hurts a friend of yours, sometimes those relationships become a little bit more stressed or more difficult. And 
that may, that may mean the way you love them may just be different than the way, um, than the way you initially did. So you're, just because someone's bad or, or has done something um, bad to you or to someone you know um, doesn't mean there's no consequences for their actions, um, but you guys still need to love them, still need to pray for them, still need to show them that you are son or daughter of, of God and that they are too. Because God created everybody in his image, and he loves everybody, and that's our job to do as well. So. With you, you saying that, it reminded me that maybe the people who are doing hurtful things or bad things, they don't know God. And so the only way for them to even learn about him is through us. Mm-hmm. So we have to show them the love that God gives us so that they might know that he loves them too. Um, next question up there. Um, okay, why doesn't God just make things easy for us? So I think this kind of goes along the lines of, you know, why does bad things happen, and that, and and why why do we have to go through, you know, hard, difficult things? Um, a lot of people have, you know, have this have this question. They think that the Christian life, because God is all powerful, um, that He is going to. Um, He's going to make just everything easy for us. And so, and we'll, we're going to make this um, the last question before we, before we wrap up and get to worship God through song again. Um, so here's the, here's the last question. Justin, this one will be for you. Um, why doesn't God just make things easy for us? Why doesn't God just make things easy for us? Um, yeah, so this goes along a lot with the first question that we talked about. And I think there's a basic assumption that if God's not making things easy for us, then actually God's making things hard for us, which actually isn't true. It's not true that God is trying to make life hard on you. Who, who in here knows how people make jewelry out of gold? Does anyone know how they do that? <laughs> anyone? Yeah? There's some hands. Okay, so good, good. We've got some good jewel makers here, ring makers here. That'll come in handy later in life. Um, all right, so they, they actually don't just come out of the rock as an awesome ring, right? You don't just go walk into the mountains and you find a nice gold diamond ring, do you? No, no. Actually, gold comes either mixed within rocks or, or you, you get some of it in a stream and they melt it down, right? They melt it down and purify it. Same thing with gas that you put in your car, right? They don't just have rivers of gasoline that you just har- harvest and put in your car, right? No, they don't do that. Uh, actually, they refine it, and refining is, is when you take raw material and you transform it into something that's useful, something that's purposeful. And because of sin that we've talked about a little bit in this in tonight, uh, the world isn't the way it was meant to be. When we look back at the creation account, God made everything and it was good. And there wasn't sin, there wasn't disease, there wasn't pain, there wasn't anything like that. Actually, God made it, and it was good. But because of sin, the world's been messed up. But as she said earlier, God is actually using these bad things to draw us back to himself. And God is actively trying to work in each one of your lives to draw him to himself, to make everything right again. And when we look at a picture of what heaven's going to be like, it says that there's not going to be any more tears. There's not going to be any more suffering. There's no more sin. There's no more death. There's no more evil. And when you're in the presence of God and a holy God, all things are made right again. And he exemplified that mostly through Jesus. 
He's made everything right and is making everything right through Jesus. Good. Well, um, thank you guys very much. And guys, here's the deal. Yeah, go ahead and clap. <laughs> Way to go, Sam. You did it. Way to go. John. Okay, good. good job, okay, John. so um, here's the deal, boys and girls. These questions are big, big questions, okay? And we just, we just sat and talked about these huge, ginormous questions for like 20 minutes, okay? It is very difficult to answer any of these questions anywhere near and close to 20 minutes. So we just gave you a small answer to some big questions. But here's the deal. You're fifth and sixth grade students, okay? And you guys have got a long journey ahead of you, a long journey to follow Jesus Christ. You guys will need to know how to answer these questions so that you can show people love, so that you can tell people why Jesus died on the cross for you, so that when bad things happen, you won't forget that our God is awesome, that you won't forget how amazing and wonderful our God is. So I'm going to pray for us this morning, or this evening. So you guys go and stand up and bow your heads, and I'm going to pray for us, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, um, I just thank you so much for tonight. Um, I thank you so much for who you are. Um, thank you so much for what you do in our lives. Thank you so much for, for being a God who lets us ask questions. For not necessarily, so we don't have to know everything. But Lord, I want us to be able to start learning these answers so that we can worship you in the truth of who you are. So that we can worship you because you are holy. So we can worship you because of your sacrifice. Help us remember your truth. Help us never to forget who you are and what you did. We love you, God. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon.